Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. That I'd rather stand on the Word of God and I'd rather stand on what He has to say about me rather than entertain the voice of the enemy for one second because God's promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. And Paul is trying to help us in capturing the thoughts. If we can do that, we can create new pathways in our mind where we choose the positive over the negative, And we choose God's promises over the enemy's propaganda. We choose his truth over the deception of the enemy. What are we doing? We're creating new paths to walk. greater God is greater and I'm thankful to be able to serve him amen and to feel his presence in this place this morning amen go with me if you would in your Bible second Corinthians second Corinthians chapter number 10 2 Corinthians 10, and we're just going to read a few verses here, beginning at verse number 3. I know we have several out today that are tuning in online, so we welcome them. Glad that they're able to make it. Amen. And thank you for being here today. It looks great in here. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. And I just want to share a message with you this morning, speak to you from this title, Enemy Propaganda. Enemy Propaganda. Lord bless you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Some of the greatest words in all of the church. You may be seated. Amen. Yesterday um, at the Joneses' house was cleaning day. And uh, I I must say, when I say cleaning day, it isn't like our one day of the year that we clean the house. But it was was 40-something degrees outside, and it was rainy. Uh, I couldn't go and really smoke anything on the smoker uh, update on the smoker got it going and it is fantastic i'm a pit master now praise god overnight a couple youtube videos and a smoker and i am ready to open a restaurant but um so you couldn't do anything like that we couldn't go outside and so we had tackled 
uh, the house. And it, uh, it amazes me, and some of you who, who have been married a whole lot longer than I have been, it is unbelievable how much stuff one can actually accumulate over so many years. It, it, now I know why people have storage sheds and why they have pole barns and things that they but We just need room. We just need more room. It was unbelievable the amount of stuff that was there that I didn't even realize was there. But that's what happens whenever you go and you decide, hey, we're, gonna, we're cleaning house. We're getting rid of it. A few weeks ago, Mallory was really in, into a, um, a podcast called The Minimalist. And uh, basically, a minimalist is a person where you own uh, less than 100 things. You don't have a home. You don't have a car. You, I'm just kidding. You can have some of those things. But a, a true minimalist is, is somebody... Uh, who, who they search for happiness, not through things, but through life itself. Boy, that will preach right there. Not through things, but through life itself. And so after about a day or two of Mallory listening to these podcasts, she comes home and Brother Hopkins, I can't find anything I own anymore. Uh, she was just in a mood and it didn't matter if it was living or not living. If it was, if it was a, a, my favorite shirt or whatever, this is going away. This is going away. She was in one of the moods. So yesterday she was kind of in that mood again. And again, it's cold and rainy. And so we tackled the house. And on the top of the list of things really that we had to, to, we had to clean up and organize was the playroom. And, and it, why is it that, that you, when you ask your kids for help to clean up the playroom that they think, oh, this means I just got to go in there and discover new toys out of the bottom of the, of the toy box, and, and you're trying to pick it up, and you look like a bad parent because you're ripping it out of their hand like, no, we are not playing right now. Mom and dad are not playing around. We are cleaning up. You know, and all of a sudden I just had this, uh, what a, a epiphany is that? Yeah, there's a epiphany, and I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm the dad. I'm the parent here. It was like all of a sudden I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. So I was like, wait a minute. They, they made the mess. They could clean it up themselves. And so I, 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 I finally was like, you know what, guys, here it is. Now Bennett, he's, he's three, he doesn't quite comprehend. But Easton, he's eight years old, he could, he could do this stuff. And so I had a little conversation with him. I said, bud, this is your playroom, and you're going to, you're going to clean it up. I gave him some instruction. I said, this is what I want you to do. And, and, and so I left him there. Well, all of a sudden, 20 minutes had gone by. We gave him a trash bag, and we said, hey, we need you to go through, and we're throwing away stuff. Like... And you may think I'm bad for not donating. I'm talking about this is how much stuff we had, all right? I, I said, if it's, if it's broken, let, let's throw it away. Or if it's something that is just useless that we really don't want to donate, let's just throw, let's throw it away. Let's get rid of it. And so after about 20 minutes, I come back. There's four things in his trash bag. There's four things. I, I can't even begin to imagine the, the percentage that is of all of his toys. He had four things in the bag. And, and, and he's stressed out. He's like overwhelmed. And he's like, he, he's like, Dad. And I'm walking by. He's like, Dad, can you help me? And I was like, what is it that you can't do? What, what is the one thing that you can't do? And I, I, again, I was, trying to get the, I was trying to get the light to go off in his head for just a moment and just think, wait a minute, I can do all of this stuff. Like, there's nothing that I can't do. And he couldn't answer me because there was literally nothing that he couldn't 
do. But that was, you know, he's like, can you help me? And I, I said, but you can do this. And he was just like looking at all the stuff. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. And he was overwhelmed. And he ended up telling me, he said, dad, if I stay here and if I work on this all by myself, I'm probably not going to get done till Wednesday. Within five days, five days worth of cleaning up. And he just looked around and he thought just by looking at the situation that it was going to take him days to get it all cleaned up. It's like, but you got 30 minutes. Like, we need to get it cleaned up because lunch is coming soon. And we want you to take part in that. But he was stressed out. He just was overwhelmed at the situation that he found himself in. You know, I've discovered that the circumstances that we find ourselves in are not inherently stressful. But it is our thoughts about the circumstance that makes it stressful. Think about it. I asked this at the 9 a.m. How many of you, by show of hands, are comfortable with public speaking? How many of you are comfortable raising your hands and <laughs> that? How many of you, it just scares the daylights out of you, public speaking? Okay, there, yeah, there we go. There's some activity. All right. And it's not that public speaking carries with it this, these loads of stress, but what is it? It's what we think about public speaking. It's what we think about certain things. Again, the circumstance that we find ourselves in all too often are not really that stressful. Easton could have very easily picked up the playroom in 30 minutes all by himself. But he, he, he looked at the situation and, he, and, he, and it overwhelmed him. It really wasn't that stressful of a situation if he really thought about it correctly. But he was thought, thinking about it down the negative road. It's what we think sometimes about a circumstance that makes it what it is. And far beyond public speaking and far beyond picking up toys in a playroom, I must say that there are things right now going on in the spirit world we have an enemy that is on the warpath, and, and, and he's on the warpath because he knows that his time is very, very short. And so he's doing everything possible, everything he can do to stop the church. And he's using every play in the playbook, and he's not holding anything back. Amen. This, this enemy that we have, the Bible lets us know, Jesus lets us know that he is a liar and the father of lies. And so you must know that anytime the enemy is speaking, what he is saying is a lie. That's his native language. That's all that he knows. That's all that he speaks. Right now, our world is filled with enemy propaganda. What's propaganda, Bryce? Well, when you look it up and after reading just a general definition of propaganda, it doesn't sound all that bad because they classify it sometimes as it's just information. It's just information. But it goes far beyond that. It is information, in fact, but it is information of a misleading nature. And it is used to promote a particular point of view. And I must say that that particular point of view right now is being promoted on a broad level. And it is turning the hearts of men and women because it is causing people 
to think differently about a situation, to think differently about their world. There is a battle going on right now, and it is a battle of your mind, all right? It is a battle of your mind. And the question that we need to answer this morning is, will we allow, will we let what the devil has to say about us, will we let that shape our lives and shape our worldview, or will we incline our ears and our hearts unto God and stand on his promises and what he has to say about us? This may ruin my whole message or where I'm going this morning, but I just want to come right out of the forefront and say that I'd rather stand on the word of God and I'd rather stand on what he has to say about me rather than entertain the voice of the enemy for one second because God's promises the Bible says are yes and amen while the enemy's words are empty they're void they sound good at the front but it's propaganda it will not come to pass it will not fulfill what he says it will fulfill so with that in mind we turn in our Bibles we look in the scripture at the mind of the apostle Paul what I love about this guy is toward the end of his life, if anybody had won the battle of the mind, it was Paul. The good news for you and the good news for me is Paul always wasn't there. He always wasn't at that level. In fact, whenever you, looked at, you look at some of his early, earlier writings, you might, you might come to the conclusion that Paul looks a little bit crazy. And that's reassuring to me because sometimes I feel a little bit crazy in my thinking. I feel a little bit crazy in some of the things that I do. But Paul fought. He battled again and again. He battled. He fought. He took ground. And over time, he conquered his thoughts. And even when life was stacked against him, and he found himself in a Roman prison. Paul could say some otherworldly things. Why? How? Because he had captured thoughts in his mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Just a quick reminder for you today, you have weapons, follower of Christ. You have access to supernatural weapons from the kingdom of heaven. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. The Greek word that is used there, it's where we get our word dynamite from. It's the explosive, the miraculous power of God. The weapons that you and I have have power today, and we have divine, heavenly power to do what? Paul tells us to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? The word picture here that's talking about stronghold, it's a picture of a person. It's a picture of a fortified prison, a person being in a prison. You're a prisoner. And how are you locked up? You're locked up by deception. You believe lies that, that, that have put you in this prison. So what does our enemy do? Our enemy tries to shape our thinking one lie at a time, one lie at a time. And so we're in this prison and we're believing something that is not true. 
And what does he come by and he often tells us, you, you're not a good person and you can't trust people and you can't trust, you can't love your neighbor. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. You will always be in this state. You will always be who you are and, and, and you'll all, you'll ne- your life is always going to be bad and you're never going to get over it and God doesn't hear your prayer. God doesn't, God's too busy for people like you. Whatever it is, the enemy comes and he lies to you and he lies to us. This is what Paul said. He said, we demolish we crush we destroy arguments and every claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God he said we crush everything that is not in line with God's truth he said we take captive every single thought and what does he say we make it obedient to Christ why does this matter Why is this important? Because the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. The life that you have is the reflection of the thoughts that you think. Your life, church, is always moving in the direction of its strongest thoughts. And so if we want to change our life, we have to change our thinking. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a person thinks, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, you become. If you think you can't, guess what? You can't. But if you believe through Christ that you can, you can. I know that's deep. (laughs) When you begin to think something in your heart, that thing becomes you. This is why if a thought flashes through your mind by the work of the enemy, that's different than if you think something in your heart. All right? This is why you can't necessarily all of the time manage what is placed in front of you. You can do your best, and I believe we should do our best to manage what we have in front of our eyes and what we have within hearing of our ears and what you have in terms of the environment that you are subjecting yourself to. Manage that and make sure that you're putting yourself in a godly environment. Make sure that you're putting yourself where what you see is of a godly nature and what you hear is of a godly nature. Bible says, set no wicked thing before thine eyes. That's what the word of God teaches us. Because if it's before our eyes and our ears and has access to our minds, friend, those are the portable portals into the heart of man. And if you set something before your eyes and your ears and it makes its way into your heart, then it goes from being something that you are accidentally confronted by and becomes something that you have now entertained and are becoming the very thing that has been a thought of the heart. If you believe that you're a victim, you'll be a victim. But if you believe that you can overcome through the power of Christ, you can be an overcomer. Friend, if you're always looking at problems and dwelling on the problems, the problems will overwhelm you. All right? But instead, if you're looking for solutions and looking for the work of God, you can find his hand in almost everything that you're associated with if we're looking for it. So what do we know about thoughts? 
for almost all of us in the room today and in almost every situation, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. Most of them. The mind is a battlefield. It is a battle between God's truth and the enemy's propaganda. It's a battle between God's truth and Satan's lies. It's a battle, it's a war between God's truth and between the enemy's deception. And so what I want to encourage us to do today, and it's very, very simple. I just want to, I, I just want to ask you, I just want to encourage you, think about what you think about. Think about what you think. What do you dwell on? What is it that maybe over the last few days, what is it that you are thinking about? How often do we find ourselves dwelling on worried thoughts rather than peaceful thoughts? How often? How often are we worried about different things versus those who have a peaceful mind where they can lay their head down and find rest at night, a place where there's no anxiety and no worry and there's perfect peace? What, what is it that you think about? Is your mind characterized by worry or by peace? Are we generally negative and, 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 and critical about people? Are you generally negative or do you have a positive mindset? I, I try to always think the best about somebody, about a certain situation. I know it's easy to kind of jump over here and be like, no, 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 the worst is going to happen. And we absolutely think about the worst. I know that's the easy road. I'm just asking you, just kind of examine yourself this morning. Take, take a mental inventory of your mind right now. Audit yourself. Is that okay? Audit yourself. What are, what are you more leaning towards, a negative mindset or a positive? Would you say you're more worldly in your thinking? More thinking about, man, what benefits me? What can I get out of life? And what, 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 what do I want? Or are you more eternal? Thinking, how can I invest into the kingdom of God? How can I make sure that my life is a blessing to others? How can I bring glory to God? Think about what you think about. Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your in other words, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Which is scary sometimes. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter what you know, no matter what you buy, hear me right now. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't. You can't. Your thoughts matter. I can't, I, I can't overstress it enough. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought, and there is a battle. Almost every battle, hear me. The marriage that you have is a result of the thoughts that you think. Your financial standing is the result of the mindset, your mindset about things. Your level of relationship with God is a result of your mindset. The joy or the lack of joy is based on what you think in your life, what you focused on, what you believe about. What you will get out of this service this morning is a battle of the mind. It's your mindset. So how do I win this battle of the mind? I'm just going to give you a couple things. A couple things that I think are going to help you. Number one is you have to identify the stronghold 
in your life? You have to identify it. What is the one thing that's holding you back? What is, what is the stronghold? What, what is that again? It's a prisoner that is locked by deception. What is the lie? What is the deception? What is your enemy using to keep you from living the life that God wants you to live? Maybe you're just, you wake up in the morning and you hear yourself talk, go something like, man, I'm never, I'm never going to be good enough. My past is too bad. After all I've done, God could never use me. I know that self-talk because I've probably said that same self-talk to myself, wondering, man, I just don't quite measure up sometimes. I just wonder, like, oh, I have my struggles and my shortcomings. We all do. Maybe you're, what it, but you have to realize and you have to speak out and you have to call it what it is. What's the number one lie or the stronghold that's holding you back from everything that God has for you? This is so important because whenever we have a thought, whenever we have a thought, we have a little science lesson here this morning. Whenever we have a thought, our brain is literally redesigning itself around that thought. All right? There's a changing chemical makeup in your brain. Every single thought creates this change in our body. If you think a positive thought, your body will reward you with this little legal drug, a little dopamine. How many love a little bit of dopamine? Dopamine. <laughs> Your body rewards you with it, all right? It gives you this little legal buzz. You know that feeling. You hear some good news. You're like, dopamine is released in the brain. And somebody likes your post on social media. Dopamine is released in the brain. Or maybe, well, you know, your, your wife texts you, be like, I miss you. Would you please come home? Dopamine released in your brain, all right? Somebody says, man, you're looking good today. That's dopamine released. In your brain, it's this, it's this little chemical high, this thrill that your brain is saying, man, I like that thought. Like, I like that feeling, and I like that, I like that thought, and I'd like to think that thought again. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That's what's released. What happens is the more you think a thought, the more you're creating what scientists call neural pathways in your brain. Your brain creates kind of this path. I said earlier, we had a path in our home yesterday until we cleaned it all up. You know what I'm saying? But people have this path. You know, you have, maybe you have spots in your, in your home where the carpet is just matte. It's just pressed down because that's the path that we all take. And everybody always takes that path. Or maybe it's in your yard. You walk across your yard to go to the shed or something. And you've walked the same way because maybe that's the only way from the back door to the shed. And you've walked it and you've walked back. You've created this path. That's what I'm talking about this morning your your brain kind of creates this path where when you think a thought and the more you think the thought the easier it is to think that thought again and you walk down that path that that and all of a sudden that thought becomes the default thought in your brain all right which is could be good and it could be bad all right if you tell yourself over time all the time you know what you're not enough you don't have enough. 
over and over again, you have created a pathway that's easier to think that you're never going to have enough rather than believing that God is your source. And so in order to change our thinking, we have to change the path that our thoughts travel on. For example, if I've got nothing but a negative path, I have to stop and say, wait a minute, this thought, this thought is not God honoring. This thought is not filled with faith. This thought does not move me toward God. This thought is not productive and not from God. Therefore, when I stop and I do that, what am I doing? I'm capturing the thought. And I'm choosing to think differently. And when I do that, I'm choosing to walk a different path. Because here's what happens. If you continue to travel an unhealthy pathway, the path is clear and it becomes easier and easier to travel. I'll never be good enough. I'll never have enough. God, God could never use me. And we continue going down that path because that's the easy path. That's the easy path. And if you choose to stay off of the unhealthy pathway over time, if you're staying off of that, what happens? Grass begins to grow up because you haven't walked that way before. You haven't walked that way. And it's not as easy to travel. And so what we're trying to do, and Paul is trying to help us in capturing the thoughts, is if we can do that, we can create new pathways in our mind where we choose the positive over the negative, And we choose God's promises over the enemy's propaganda. We choose his truth over the deception of the enemy. What are we doing? We're creating new paths to walk. And every day, you, you know, I gave this example. If, if, if all of a sudden you, you had a frustrated day, you had a frustrated day at work. Anybody have a frustrated day? It's okay. This is a safe place. It's okay. We have frustration. We, we have we, we, loads of, especially right now, my goodness, you know, that, and then we're entering into the holiday season and, and all of this stuff is like, man, but if you go to work, mom, dad, you have a stressful day and you come home and all of a sudden the house is chaos and the kids are just running around and, and they're just going crazy and bananas and all that stuff and you decide, no, 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 you know what, I'm, I, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't fun and all of a sudden you say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to yell, I'm going to yell at them. All right. What you're doing, if you do that, what we, is you're saying that any time that there's chaos, you're just going to yell. What is that? You have created a pathway in your brain that says, this is what I do when I see this. So what we have to do, what Paul's trying to help us with is we have to capture the thought and say, you know what? That's not healthy. That's not God honoring. That's not the path that God would have. And we change our thinking. And this creates a new path. Whenever your mind says, I don't feel good about myself, let's eat. There's a queer, uh, clear pathway between the fridge and ice cream. And you're like, this is, what I, this is what I need. This is what I need in my body. I don't feel good. But, in, in, but instead of traveling that path, we got to choose a new path that says, wait a minute. If I do that, if I go and I eat the ice cream, it's going to release a little bit of dopamine for a little bit. But after a while, I'm not going to feel very good. And so you have to capture the thought and say, you know what? This isn't healthy. And every time I do this, I'm just compounding the problem and I'm not actually finding the solution. Over and over again, there's so many situations. If you travel that way, 
What we're trying to do is can we capture those thoughts that are not healthy, those thoughts that are not productive, that are not lifting up our spirits. Can we capture those and say, I'm choosing a different path. I believe God is with me and I believe that God is for me and I believe that God is blessing me and I believe that I have his spirit dwelling within me. I believe that he hears my prayers and I believe that God will never leave me, that he'll never forsake me. What am I doing? I'm creating a new path rather than listening listening to the lies of the devil. How do we change our life? We change our thinking away from the lies of the enemy and we reprogram them with the truth of God. What does scripture say about this? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. We could also say, do not conform to the pathway of this world. Don't conform. Don't think like the world thinks. Don't live like the world lives. But instead, be transformed. Be changed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Amen. By the renewing of your mind. Science would say you're rewiring your brain, but God would say you're renewing your mind. So we identify the stronghold. We call it what it is. And the second thing we do is we replace it with the truth. We replace it with the truth. We call it what it is. This is a lie. And this is the truth that tears down the lie. All right? Does that make sense? What's the truth? Well, we're not going to travel the old, unhealthy, unhelpful pathway. Instead, we're going to say, that's a lie. Here's the truth. This is what God has to say, and this is the path I will follow. And when we do that, we tear down the strongholds in our life. You have to have something to tear down the strongholds, and it has to be the truth. You cannot find something that is a lie and tear down a lie with a lie. It has to be the truth, because the truth is what makes you free. He, he preached a message a, a long time ago, and he talked about, he gave it an analogy of Houdini in his message. And for those of you who know who Houdini is, he was just a, a master of, of escaping things. They could throw him literally in anything in these, these straight jackets. They would lock him in handcuffs, and they'd put him in water, and they would do all of these things. And he would always be able to escape. And one time they said, all right, we got one for you. We're going to put you in this prison cell, and it's got whatever type of lock on the door that you cannot escape and so they they shut the door and they told him the door was locked and they said all right now you got to try and get out and so there for hours and hours and hours he would pick at the lock and he would do every trick possible that he knew how to do and he would everything he could think about they had told him the door was locked and so he's there looking at the door and trying to figure out a way to get the door to open and after hours and hours and hours of trying he finally just in weariness and just tired and just couldn't go any longer he leaned on the door out of frustration to his surprise that the door just swung wide open the door was never locked it was never locked amen it was told to him the whole time though the door was unlocked you see some of you are locked in a prison right now and the only lock on the door is a lie it's enemy propaganda and so what do we do we identify the lie and we identify the truth and there is a truth that will set you free today I said there is a truth that will set you free 
There's no lock on the door. It was told to you that there was a lock. It was told to you that this couldn't happen. It was told to you that God could never use you. It was told to you that God could never save you. There is a truth that will set you free. 2 Corinthians 10, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy who once struggled but ended up mastering his mind. This is the guy who never surrendered to the lies, but he continued to press for truth. He said this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, this is what he says, our weapons have heavenly power, divine, miraculous, explosive power of God to demolish the lies of the evil one and to crush strongholds. So church, what do we do? What do you and I do as followers of Christ? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. That's what you and I do. We capture the lies. We take, the Bible says, take captive. Take captive. I love that word captive. I don't want to be one, but I love the word captive. Take captive. Amen. It comes from the Greek word that means to arrest or seize with a spear. Anybody been arrested by a sword point ever? I doubted it. That would be kind of wild. I mean, not even in Mayberry would they have done that, something like that. Arrested at sword point. That's what it's talking about. You're arrested at sword point. To take captive, you arrest somebody at sword point. Do you remember when Paul wrote to the Ephesians and he talked about the armor of God? You remember the armor? Every piece of armor is defensive except for one. The helmet is defensive. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, is defensive the belt of truth the shoes prepared with the gospel the readiness of peace but there is one offensive weapon and that is the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So how do you and I defeat the propaganda that is being spewed all over the place right now? We dispute it and we cast it. We take captive of it with the truth of God's word and we capture those lies and we declare, this is not from God. And so I won't believe it. And we capture any wrong thought and we say, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going down that negative path because I know where it leads and I'm going to choose a new path. I'm going to choose the path to say God's with me, God's for me, and his promises are yes and amen. It's so vital for you to understand this today. The season that we're in, this moment, it, it, it is unlike, and I get it, people, pastors have, and preachers have gotten up before and preached about perilous times, and they preached about, you know, in, in, in the 1980s, I'm sure it was something, and in the 90s, it was something, in the early 2000s, you could go all the way back to the early 90s, there's always been something, but I'm telling you, what's going on right now has never happened in the history of mankind. We truly are living in the end times, and that should excite the follower of God, but also at the same time, we got to be mindful and we got to take captive every thought because there's propaganda. 
that's going around that is simply not true. And it's help, It's causing people to, it's reshaping their thinking and it's reshaping their thoughts. And certainly it's reshaping their thoughts about the church and about the word of God. But I'm here to tell you, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Amen. It will not change. It can't ever change. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word is forever settled. It's forever settled. We take captive. Your life, as our music comes, your life is always moving toward its strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. And so we have to capture those thoughts. What's the number one thing, church, that's keeping you hostage? What's the number one thought? So many of you probably have a different story to tell. There are some in this room, no doubt, when I ask you what's the number one thought, you could probably trace it all the way back to your childhood. Man, it was when I was a kid. I never thought I was good enough. I never thought I would amount to anything, and so I had to try harder. I had to try harder at things because I always thought that I was never good enough. And now decades later, you're an adult and that has now matured. Amen. It has now matured. And now no matter what you do, you fail. You think sometimes, man, if I come and I give it all to the church, I'm going to fail at home. Or if I give it all at home, I'm going to fail at the church. It seems that no matter what you do, you try harder and you never have enough. Church, there's something else that you need to know about propaganda. There are little pieces, hear me, of truth that is mixed inside the information. They are, when you do your research, it is selective facts in order to make something seem like it's right. To say, man, that, yeah, that's, we see a headline and we see a post and we see an article shared or a video shared and we're like, yeah, that's believable. All propaganda has little pieces of truth, little specks of truth that is mixed in with the message and the reason that some of these lies that the devil whispers in our ear the reason that they are so powerful is because there's a little bit of truth in there there's a little bit of truth in it and the little bit of truth is is yes on my own I'm never enough and yes on my own I don't have what it takes and on my own I'm not good enough and on my own I'm not strong enough but the ultimate truth is you and I are never on our own that God is always with us and that if you have the Holy Ghost that's his spirit that's dwelling in you and you have access to his living word which is powerful and sharp the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you and so when we start to recognize this we say that's we see it 
that's a wrong path. I know it sounds a little, that it sounds like it could be truth, but that's not the ultimate truth. And we say, that's, that's the wrong path, and I'm not going to walk that way anymore. Church, no wonder God gave us his spirit. <laughs> God knew a day and hour would come where we needed truth. The truth. What's it say? He said, I'm going to give you the comforter that's going to lead and guide you into all truth. No wonder he gave us his spirit to dwell inside of us. We have the power of God living on the inside of us. And because of that, we have the power to do what he wants us to do. And we have the time to do everything God wants us to do. I have his truth that is dwelling in me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We've got his spirit, which is comforting us, guiding us. Yes, correcting us, praise God, convicting us, and empowering us. Satan says, uh, you can't do that. You can never live that life. Oh, no, 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 no. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. On my own, I can't, but through Christ, it don't matter what's going on. Spirit of God dwelling in me. Stand with me this morning. I just want to share one last thing with you. Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes this. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection. You know what it means? It literally means exercise your mind. That's what it means. Exercise your mind. See, a lot of, we see the word affection, and we know what that means, all right? We know that he's saying, hey, what's important to you should be the things that are above. What you, what you love should be the things that are above. The scripture is letting us know that those things should be, what things should be important are the things that are above. The things you care about should be things above and he teaches us how to do it set your affection and it literally means to exercise your mind on things above entertain your mind on things above not on things on the earth and if you look this is a principle that is taught all throughout the Word of God. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If you want to be blessed, Psalms 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But we read that and we say, how in the world? How, the, how do we achieve that? What do we do? He goes on to tell us in verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night 
exercise your mind on things above entertain your mind on things above his delight was in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate what's he doing he's setting his mind on the law of the Lord day and also night you know how to do this during the day I just want to help you real quick you read your word you read your word you 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 hear the word you memorize the word you teach the word you share the word you obey the word you let the word of God constantly feed you can I tell you right now you have the power over what sets in front of you right now you have the power on what feeds your spirit you let the Word of God feed, constantly feed you. By day, by night, go to bed thinking about the law of the Lord. Why don't you go to bed contemplating the beauty of holiness? Why don't you go to bed pondering the promises of God that are yes and amen? Why don't you pray those promises before you go to sleep? Day and night does he meditate. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. So we exercise our mind on things above. We set our affection not on the things of this world. That's what the world does. No, 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 no. We set our mind, we set our affection on the things above. And by doing that, we capture those little lies that the devil tries to sneak into our lives. We capture them at sword point. Not today, devil. Not today, devil. This is what it says about me. This is what it says about the church. This is where, this is, I've got, oh, my future, I, I've, I, I, I've already made up my mind. This is where it's at. This is his truth. And it's the truth that's going to make me free. And it's this truth that's one day going to let me be in his presence for eternity. Hallelujah. Why don't they be, as they begin to play and sing, I would just invite you. Why don't you just talk to the Lord in this place? Maybe, maybe you did walk in here today with maybe just a little negative mind. That's all right. I completely understand when you begin to take a look at what's all going on around us. But I'm giving you an opportunity today to walk a new path, to go down a different road, to try something different, something that is full of his promises, something that's full of his truth. Come on, pray his prayers. Come on, he said he's with us always, even unto the end of the world. Why don't you pray that prayer? God, I remind me again that you'd never leave me, that you'd never forsake me. Come on, fill your spirit right now with his word. Fill it with his promises. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.